Greetings and welcome to episode 19 of the Old Patrol HQ podcast. I'm your host, Gil Maza. This podcast is dedicated to celebrating and preserving the history, heritage, and legacy of the Old Patrol through the words of those who lived it, with a few shenanigans along the way. Have you ever heard of an epic contest between the Border Patrol and the Navy SEALs? A five-event pentathlon held in San Diego sector? Well, I had neither until recently. Tune in as we talk to retired Border Patrol agent Jim Grasky, Session 101 out of Los Fresnos, who created and coordinated this event. The story of running and gunning, told exclusively at Old Patrol HQ. Ain't no patrol like the Old Patrol. Honor first, honor always. Uh, good morning, sir, and welcome to the Old Patrol HQ podcast. Good morning. Uh, can you tell us a little bit about um, your background and how you got started in the patrol? Yeah, I'd have to go back uh, a ways. It all kind of culminated in the patrol, in joining the patrol, but I was raised in Miles City, Montana, and uh, it was a great place to get raised because there was a lot of history there. I got to really love the outdoors, and I, I got a love of history. And uh, after I finished uh, four years of college, I didn't get a degree, but I was playing football and not learning much. I, <laughs> I, joined, I joined the Army and I uh, was fortunate enough to uh, make it through Special Forces training, and uh, I was assigned to an A-team. Mm-hmm. And uh, what I, the reason I mention this is it was a wonderful experience in Special Forces because uh, my command, the group commander was Bull Simons, who was a considered a legend in special forces and special operations he's he's dead now but he instilled in everybody in his group a mindset of being unconventional thinking outside the box and uh going beyond Mm -hmm. uh, what you considered your limitations and uh anyway that's what i i got from special forces it was kind of a mindset that way after service, I went and worked for a while at Morana, which is north of Tucson, yeah. for an outfit called Intermountain Aviation. And uh, this was a great experience, too, because we were developing parachute delivery systems for both people and equipment, getting into small areas and uh, doing certain things. And one interesting item, we developed the Skyhook program at uh, Morana. Uh, but you could smash people off the ground and, and uh, bring in. We did that with a B-17. And uh, anyway, that kind of reinforced my thinking of, you know, you can do anything and put your mind to it. Yeah. And then, then I left uh, there, went back to school, and in the summers I smoked junk for five seasons out of Missoula, Montana. And that was pretty unconventional also. also. Yeah, I can imagine. <laughs> yeah. So then... Uh, I decided I was going to be a teacher, and that was a mistake because <laughs> I, I couldn't stand staying indoors. So anyway, one day I was in Conrad, Montana. I went to the post office, and I saw a notice up on the board that said, Border Patrol is hiring. And I saw a picture of a guy on a horse in, in full uniform and some saguaros in the background, and, and it was sunny. And the day I was looking at it was about 40 below when Conrad and the wind was blowing, and I thought, I might look into this outfit. So I did some research on the Border Patrol, and I, what really got me is I found out that the pattern for the Border Patrol, what was Border Patrol patterned off in mm-hmm. 
1924 was the United States Marine Corps and the RCMP, Royal Canadian Mountain Police. And I, I said, okay. So I did some more research and found out, yeah, the Marine Corps gets the job done, and the RCMP is a far-flung uh, few people covering a big area. Yeah. And, yeah, and it was outdoors. So anyway, I applied. I got it, and I went to the academy, 101st session, 1972, and then... Uh, Where at? Uh, that was Los Fresnos, Texas. Ah, Los Fresnos, uh-huh. Yeah, and it was an old uh, abandoned uh, naval base that had been restored, and uh, it was quite Spartan. I mean, there was uh, there wasn't any amenities there, and the food was terrible, and had all kinds of things there. So it wasn't uh, it wasn't very nice. But uh, anyway, they got through that, and then I was assigned to Chula Vista Station in the San Diego sector. And you probably know about the, the, the days back in, started in, in, you know, after 72 to 78, I was there. And that was when uh, we had all the trouble on the soccer field and loading docks and mm-hmm. Dead Man's Canyon and Johnny Wolf's and Old Time Mesa and Tijuan River Bottom and, you know, that sort of thing. Yeah. And, uh, and you probably heard about, uh, if you ever read a book called Lines and Shadows. Uh, yes. Those, yeah. You've read it. Yes, right? sir. Yeah, well, that that was right there. You know, uh, Manny Lopez and the Barb team. Yeah, so it was uh, it was quite a unique experience working at night because there were so many elements working down there. You had the Barf team. They were armed. You had the Mexican Rip Gangs. They were armed. And the Mexican cops would come over, and they were armed. Yeah. And we were armed. So, so that's the reason they came up with the word, you know, that when you ran into somebody and you uh, would challenge them, the barf team would give the code word, barf, barf, barf. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, so that kind of brings us to this uh, SEAL team competition. What we did is we contacted SEALs at Coronado kind of unofficial, very unofficial, and said, would you guys like to uh, help us out on the weekends, on your own? And a lot of them said, yeah, this would be good training. But what do you want us to do? And he said, well, could you act as trail watchers? All we want you to do is to go in covertly, using all your techniques, camouflage and and stealth movement, and set up in certain areas where, uh, where there were a lot of trails. Anyway, they said, that sounded good. We can experiment with some of the things we're using, like P-sets, um, portable sensors. Mm-hmm. And uh, they said, yeah, we could you know, test that. So what they would go out and do is just lay in and never be seen. They, they weren't armed, because them that defeats the whole purpose. Was your whole purpose is not to be seen, but to, be, to see and then report. Mm-hmm. And they really did a good job. They helped us out quite a bit. So in, initially, initially, uh, you had contacted them to actually come and help out along the border for assistance. Yeah, but very unofficial. Yes. Yeah, we just, it was kind of a, I know that, you know me and I know you, would you like to, uh, here's the situation, you think you'd get some benefit out of it. And like I say, the, the SEALs were same as, they were unconventional. You know, they, they did things, they 
worked outside the box. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, so they worked uh, several weekends with us. And uh, anyway, one day I was talking with a seal and uh, we had a kind of a mutual respect for each other. He said, man, you guys really, you have great night vision. And I said, yeah, I think because we work at night and so we kind of developed it. He said, you also are real good at certain things and I paid back the compliment and I said, you guys are good too. And uh, he said, uh, let's, let's see who's, let's see how good we are. <laughs> <laughs> it was inevitable. Yeah. So I, I came up with an idea. I said, uh, let's have a pentathlon. We'll call it the Border Patrol Pentathlon. It'll be five events. And I told him, I, I said, it's going to be a gut buster and it's going to be a heartbreaker. But <laughs> he loved that. He said, yeah, that's what we want. He said, we'll, we'll push it. We'll push it to the extreme. Said, These will be tough, tough events. And so he, I said, you can round up 10 guys that want to do it. And I'll try to see if I can round up 10 guys that want to do it. And uh, anyway, we both did. And that was the start of the Port Patrol Catathlon. And uh, do you remember all the, what the events were? Yes, I, I would go through each event because they were kind of kind of unique. The first event was a cross country run. Anyway, we all both teams assembled on the border and we ran from the border up to the pistol range on Otay Mesa, and the distance was seven and a half miles. And uh, it was not there was no set route. Uh, you knew where you wanted to end up. And you could take any route you wanted to. If you wanted to take the shortcut and go up and down hills, you could. Or if you wanted to, you know, follow uh, better routes, you could. It was up to you. So, but it was, uh, you know, you were going up and hill, jumping ditches, you know, going through brush and that sort of thing. So it was, <laughs> it was quite a deal. And uh, we were going to grade it like you did a cross country match. You know, how many, how many team members cross you know, first. Mm -hmm. But anyway, the SEALs won overall, but the first man across the finish line was a border patrolman, John Habakern. And so uh, they actually won the first event, but like I say, the first man across was border patrol. And uh, anyway, there's a lot of stories about guys coming in, you know, uh, talking about the different things they did. And, uh, and, one guy said, you know, the SEALs ran up hills faster than we did, but we ran down hills faster than they did. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, anyway, that was the event. And I have to kind of back up just a little bit. Uh -huh. and, uh, when we decided on this event, um, we had a little bit of static from some other agents, and they came up to us and said, you're you're going up against the Navy SEALs. Well, most people didn't know at that time in 78 what the SEALs were. But the people that did know about the SEALs, you know, they were they were pretty special. Very uh, good shape, good shots, this sort of thing. Yeah. And they said, you know, you're, you're just going to embarrass the Border Patrol because they're just going to clean your clock. Mm. So I said, well, I tell you what we're going to have to do. We're going to have to level the playing field. So I said, I think what we'll do is, and I kind of scheduled the events and made up the events. So I said, uh, we'll make it so we're going to take 
the Navy, uh, the SEALs, out of their comfort zone and put them into our environment. Uh-huh. In other words, uh, so all the events are going to involve running, exertion, jumping, you know, all kinds of things we actually did in the field every night, you know. Yeah. And then any shooting we did would not be traditional shooting. It would be one shot, move to another position, take another shot, move it to another position, take another shot. So you didn't have the idea of standing and, and shooting multiple rounds in one spot. You always had to shoot and move. And uh, that's hard to do. Yeah. Because you got to take up a new sight picture, a new sight alignment on each position. So anyway, um, I just finished what the first event was, which was uh, unusual. It was good, our environment, we were used to you know, running up and down hills and jumping over cactus and stuff, and, and uh, they were too, because they beat us, but anyway. The second event was a 50-yard uh, uh, shoot, pistol shoot, and, and we had, the target was a metal silhouette, and uh, your, your hits were recorded by sound. And not by paper targets. It was, so if you hit the target and it dinged, you, you hit the target. So at this event, you, you uh, a participant would take up position, fire a run round at the target, then move laterally ten yards, shoot another round at the target, and keep going until he came to his sixth round, and then he would come back and he would touch the next team member, and that team member would do that same process uh, until your team was was through and you recorded t time spent but a 10 second penalty for each miss so that uh that was pretty good mm -hmm. and we won that event and uh the reason we did we had an excellent coach i went up to oceanside and there was a good pistolero up there and i said uh, you got any advice for doing this event he said, tell your people to form a good tripod with their legs, you know, like a boxer stance. Yeah. But get that gun out and just watch that front sight. Pay attention to that front sight and point it towards the target and more than likely you'll hit if you have trigger control. control. So uh, I told the guys, just hey, watch that front sight, you know, front sight, win a fight. And uh, they did it. And uh, we won that event. And... Uh, out of 60 rounds fired, each man firing six rounds, and there was 10 of us, I think we recorded something like 54 hits, which I thought was pretty good. Yeah. yeah. And uh, so that was that. Then the, the third event was a sprint and shoot. In other words, this 250-yard sprint started off you ran as fast as you could and then when you got to your shooting point which was a barricade you had to shoot one round from the left right side of the barricade then switch and shoot one round from the left side of the barricade and then one side you know then repeat the process until you fire six rounds so here you are uh shooting one-handed after exertion and uh you know that we won that event too <laughs> so uh the fourth event was a roll and shoot. You'd uh, lay on your belly, and on the signal, you'd sh uh, roll across. Uh, your cover was a log. You'd roll to the edge of the log and shoot one round, then you'd roll to the other end of the log and shoot around, roll back, 
did that process. And so that was uh, that was a little different, you know, shooting from your belly. And uh, uh, we won that event. And then the last event was an old course and shoot. And uh, what we did, we didn't have a actual old course. What we did is we just took, took things that we find in the field, like Ro Garcia hurling over a park bench. And then uh, we'd pick up that, like that Navy SEAL, we'd pick up a 100-pound plank, you know, yeah. carry that. And then there were other things, jumping over things and anything you could think of that we could you know, encounter in the field. Then when we got to the end of it, when you were really breathing hard and, and that, and this was the fifth event, so your stamina was kind of going. And uh, anyway, uh, the, the team really showed their stuff and they won that event. So that was, that was, that was the five events. I thought they, one of the things that uh, encompassed it, when we, at the end of the event, or the, the, the whole pentathlon, we had a picnic and the seals hosted it and we got to talking and the seals were wondering and to this day i wonder uh i would ask why do you think we won you know four out of five and how did we win and i said i think it's something worth uh thinking about and they were smart enough to say you know you took us out of our comfort zone you know all yeah. the stats that we had you, you actually use it against us. And I said, maybe that'll, maybe that'll teach you something when you go off into actual situations. You know, guerrilla warfare. You know, that's, a, that's the essence of unconventional guerrilla warfare is to not fight the enemy at his strength, but to find out where he may be the weakest and, and hit him there. And uh, they really appreciated that. And uh, so that was, that was pretty much the event right there. I'd like to kind of go back and you asked about what caused me to uh, think about going into the Border Patrol. And uh, mm-hmm. like I said, I was at a point in my life where I really didn't care what I was doing, you know, about what I was doing. And I saw that advertisement and then I started researching and I came across this quotation uh, and it was made in 1926 and I'm, I'm, I'm sure you know it, but uh, it's worth repeating. I, I looked it up and I said, and uh, it's from, uh, I don't even know who the author of it was. Uh-huh. Here it is, and I, I read it quite a bit. Uh, he said, the Border Patrol is an organization that appeals strongly to the lover of the big outdoors. Mm. The business upon which it is engaged calls for manhood, stamina, versatility, and resourcefulness in a high degree. Honor for first is its watchword. Privations and danger, but serve as a challenge with none refuses. And I looked at that and I said, that sounds like a pretty darn good outfit. Yeah. And that's motivated to uh, join. And I I'd kind of like to just say this, that in the years I was in, 25 years I was in, I, I never looked on Border Patrol has been a job or even a career. I I really looked on it as an adventure. Mm-hmm. I was always trying to measure up to the mystique of the Border Patrol, and I never did. But it was worth the effort to try. And, uh, and like I say, it was it was an adventure. Just 
trying to master the skills of those old timers and uh, have their mindset and their spirit. And, uh, so that's well, um, you know, and thank you so much for sharing that. You know, I had I had never heard about this story at all. I, I mean, never even a whisper about it. And it seems to me that it's one of the, it's one of those. Maybe somebody even thinks it's like an, a border patrol urban legend that we would actually be able to go up against the Navy SEALs in that time. And uh, I can understand why some PAs would think that it was going to be a wash. You know, that these guys were just going to no matter what we put him through, no matter where we took them, they were going to be able to beat us. But it says something about our agency that our guys could go out there and really take on just about anybody. I, I mean, I had heard stories also where they had snuck into our AOR somewhere else and we yes. tracked them out and caught them and they wanted to know how we did that and we ended up teaching them how to sign cut, you know? Yeah, yeah. Oh, they, they, uh, like I said, there was a mutual respect there and then later on, uh, we started working with SF, Special Forces Green Berets and, uh, you know, they had that's. In fact, there's one story just recently I, I took some uh, special forces guys we were training them in tracking they were the dog team handlers and i i said well you got to learn a little bit about border patrol history so you know where we're coming from so i had them walk through the route of ron parker uh back in 1926 he was a, a pa that uh, tracked some smugglers down and they ambushed him and he had a quite a gunfight and they he killed uh, one of them and the pack horse and in, in return, they they killed him, and but I, I took him on the route that he took to uh, encounter the smugglers, and uh, it was getting it was in July, and we were in Corn Canyon, which is a steep canyon, and uh, man, it was getting towards dark, and the shadows were you know out there and everything. You're hearing things in the brush, you know, animals and stuff, and this Navy SEAL said. Um, how many patrol people do you take on patrol here? And I said, well, uh, one. <laughs> and maybe two, maybe you have a partner, but a lot of times you don't. He said, where's your backup? And I said, well, it's being born in, you know, San Diego somewhere. You, know, you don't get much for backup. And he, he just made the comment, man, you people are nuts. <laughs> and that comes, that comes from a green beret. And uh, he said, yeah. I said, I can't imagine the loneliness and the uh, the potential for danger in these areas, you know. And he said, this operational area is awfully, awfully uh, risky. And, uh, you know, I didn't tell him any different. But, you know. yep. but uh, yeah, it's, it's amazing. I think we're... I think we overlook so much of our past. Agreed. Agreed. Yeah. And like I say, uh, I believe right now that you could take probably just run-of-the-mill agents, and they'd probably be able to perform just as well as probably that group back in 78. Because I think there's something about uh, maybe that's not so much the skill level, but the spirit. Mm-hmm. I, I think uh, you know the guy that's got the spirit and the will. Uh, he can he can give up a lot of stuff, but the guy that's willing to fight, uh, he's probably going to win. I think anyway. Uh, well, that's the that's the code we live by, right? Is the it's yes. not just to survive, but the win. Um, 
like the saying goes, I, I don't know how I'm going to win, but I sure as hell ain't going to lose. Yeah, that's exactly. Yeah, there, there's, there's an attitude, and there still is. I still And uh, we, we can't lose it. And what you're doing with these, uh, you know, going back in the history is uh, invaluable. I think we've got to keep, keep that going. Yeah, so anyway, you start rambling here, and I think of all kinds of different stories of different guys that did different things. And it was, you know, it was, I sometimes wonder, uh, I wonder how many agents know about Hug a Tree and Ab Taylor and, uh, you know, and Joe Harden and Jack Kearney and how they established, uh, you know, this Hug a Tree program for search and rescue, which has saved, hell, thousands of lives probably. Mm-hmm. And so, and then some of the other things that, uh, and then of course, uh, I would love to talk to you a little bit about that. But before we go too far, I wanted to go back to the event again uh, for ask you a few questions about that. Now, someone in um, on when I posted the teaser for this, I don't know, I don't know if you're on social media, but I posted a little teaser. Didn't say too much, but I posted the picture of uh, of Ro. Um, you said his name was Ro uh, Garcia. Yes. Mm-hmm. And uh, someone said, someone referred to it as the running and gunning event. Is that what they called it? Uh, no, that's the first. Well, it, it was. It was. It's, it's proper to say that, but I, I never uh, I never heard of that. It, it yeah, sounds it, right. Yeah, it's, it's, it's accurate. Yeah. And this was done in September, you said, of 1979, right? Uh, 78. 78. Yeah. I had a couple of questions I wanted to ask you about that. Now, do you remember in the first in in the first shoot in the shooting event, the first one, you said that the border patrol had gone like about fifty four out of sixty shots. Do you happen to remember what the seals did? The seals were not; uh, they missed about fifty percent. Oh man! <laughs> and uh, this is what's kind of amazing. Also, this is an anecdote too. The seals were shooting uh, 1911 45s. Yeah, and they, they were accurized, and they had micro sights on those things. And what the border patrol was shooting in '78, you know, we were experimenting with all different kinds of guns. Uh, yeah. Right, the team. Some of the guys had Model 19 Smiths. Uh, some guys had the bull barrel uh, M and P uh, Smith, and some guys had the Ruger thirty six. So we had three different revolvers that we were shooting, and none of these uh, none of these had trigger jobs on them or anything of that nature. Yeah. You know? so, so it's just doing what you what you're with what you have, and that was uh, kind of amazing too. Is uh, some of the guys were, uh, you know, going single action, and some of the guys were staging the trigger, and uh, both of them seemed to do well with that. You know, so guys were they were improvising and thinking what they were doing when they were shooting. So even so, though even though the seals might have had the better weapon, we yes, um, we uh, as as is typical of the patrol, we always tend to do the most and the best with the least. Yes, that's exactly what it was because they, yeah they had they had um, they had probably like you say the better weapon and uh, well that's that is amazing now it's uh, one of the things that I read uh, when you sent me that article was the fact that you, you guys encountered a group while you were doing the the event 
Yeah, that was. There were several stories involved in that. I guess, uh, yeah, the reporter heard about something. I guess uh, John Habergren was out in the lead there, and he said, "Yeah, I came on a small group, a couple, or, and they looked at me, and I looked at them, and I <laughs> just kept on going." <laughs> <laughs> but it was, it was not uncommon, in, you know, in those days, to any place you walked around in Otay Mesa or you know, the loading docks or anything to see groups coming through. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So that was a nice uh, version of his story. I thought it kind of a nice way he put it, you know. They ran into a heap of trouble. <laughs> uh, so so what, was, um, what was the reaction? Uh, you said initially, you know, the people that knew who the SEALs were thought it was going to be a wash, that they were going to kill us. What was management's initial reaction to that, and what was the re- reaction afterwards? I got a call Sunday morning that we did the event Saturday. Um, the reporter posted it Sunday morning in the San Diego Union. And about 7 o'clock in the morning, I got a call from um, the assistant chief. And he said, uh, have you read the San Diego Union? And I said, no, I don't take it. He says, you ought to read that article. He says, it's this is the best thing since sliced bread. <laughs> I'll bet. <laughs> so, that, that, yeah, that, yeah, everybody kind of, and then it kind of woke people up, I think, to realize, you know, we're probably better than we give ourselves credit for, you know. Yeah. And I, I think we do take for granted the skill sets that uh, were developed in the field, you know. Yeah. The, the ability to, to move, uh, ability to track, uh, you know, set up uh, lay-in spots and make apprehensions and do it without, uh, you know, without violence or anything. You know, it's pretty, it's pretty impressive the way we enforced uh, what we had to enforce, and, and uh, so it was it was well received after we did. And, well, it was well, so well received that uh, next week we went over to Navy Seals uh, to their base there, and uh, we went through their pentathlon and. Uh, it was embarrassing because we had to carry rubber boats, uh, balance them on top of our heads, and, and we couldn't do that. We were stumbling all over the place. We had to call them uh, cargo netting. You know, they, they they got their revenge, that's for sure. Too. I was going to ask you that next because um, it did say in the article that the Navy SEAL team was invited you guys to uh, Coronado yes. To, uh, yes. to, to get revenge, and I guess they got it. Well, they dang near killed us. <laughs> <laughs> they did get their revenge. Yeah, yeah. We were uh, we were pretty good. Like again, uh, we were out of our element. And, uh, well, we could we could definitely say we in re, in the real world we we you know we we, we are the ass kickers. Um, in a in in a put together obstacle course, they 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 outdid us. Yeah. <laughs> Well, that's that's an amazing story, and that's that's the kind of stuff that I live for. One of the reasons why I put together Old Patrol H- HQ, um, yeah, on the one, on, on, I am a filthy capitalist, and I didn't want to have a business when I retired. But the, I think uh, what has become my number one goal is to just preserve that this kind of legendary Old Patrol gold, the stuff that made us legends, that is is the legacy and heritage of all Border Patrol agents from that from the p- time that you did this all the way until now. And this is a story that needs to be shared, uh, really does need to be shared with everybody, especially right now that's brand new in the patrol and uh, that has never heard about this. We definitely, they definitely need to hear these kind of things. Yes, 
yeah, I'm gonna. I have to, and I neglected it, but I'm going to send a copy of this newspaper article to the museum and have them post it and with a little story, maybe, you know, a written little story about what went on. Yeah, that would be good. Yeah, so, very good. And you know what? Uh, we did cover a little bit of a... We, we did a, an article on the background and making of Borderline there in San Diego Sector. With, yes. And, yes. Uh, and Gary Labby and um, a, a, another agent had... Uh, I had a, a podcast with both of them and they did mention Ab Taylor and uh, the fact that he uh, the Hug a Tree program and things yeah. like that as well. Good, that's great. Yeah. Uh, one little other anecdote is uh, how we came, how I came up with the idea of the pentathlon. I was uh, out running with another agent, and it was a hot day, and we were t talking about uh, you know endurance and st little things, you know, stamina and versatility and resourcefulness and he says how, how can we test this and uh, I had watched a movie called Bite the Bullet and it was about a 700 mile horse race and uh, anyway I, I was telling this other agents I said we got to have some kind of competition that really tests to the limit you know what we do and I, I said let's, let's try and have something pretty strenuous uh, not impossible but strenuous and uh and then, then we started talking. They said, uh, "Yeah, maybe a, something like a border patrol pentathlon." And then, uh, then of course we got involved with the seals. And I figured, well, let's have it with rather than than have it in house, we'd uh, we go against the seals. So that's kind of where it started. Yeah, the, the whole idea. Yeah. Yeah. Well. <laughs> It's an incredible story, and uh, I think we're going to run with the uh, running and gun, and that's a great, uh, I yeah. think that encapsulates it perfectly. Yeah, yeah, because that's what it was all about, is uh, combining, you know, everything we, there was nothing uh, that was not done on a kind of a regular basis, you know, we would always, uh, you know, freight train check, you're falling up and down a ladder, well, what happens if something happens where you have to shoot while you're falling up that ladder, you know, that's, or we were always jumping ditches and, and this sort of thing, and, uh, uh, you know, crawling into, into pipes and tubes after people, you know, on your hands and knees, and uh, so it was, it was, uh, it was realistic, you know, each event was patterned after something, you know. Yeah, and uh, and it, it uh, also the article mentions that uh, a lot of the families of the agents were there. Was that for oh, the students? Oh yes, it was a great family event. Yeah, yeah, everybody. I think all the wives were there and the kids, and it was you know it was it was, uh, it was good to watch, fun to watch. Now, technically, I mean, technically, we did win all the events, even though on points, right, for the cross country run. But but border patrol yes. agents were first in every single event. I bet like it said something you you know you mentioned something about raising the morale there of, of, of the agents. I bet the the celebration must have been epic afterwards. Yes, it was, and uh, there was camaraderie. You know, uh, Navy SEALs and Border Patrol and and the great camaraderie and and uh, it was good for. But there, like I said, there was also a learning experience. Yes, a great learning experience, especially for the SEALs. Uh, but uh, yeah, there was a morale builder also. Yeah, there was a, yeah. So I always think back on that, and but uh, I always mention every once in a while I mention to somebody they don't they say oh that didn't happen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, see, urban legend. I'm telling you. <laughs> yeah. 
But uh, now in 1978, the SEALs, very few people know what SEALs were, uh, really. They, they were pretty secretive. And But they were at Coronado. They were nothing covert, but I mean, not, nothing secret about it. But a lot of people didn't know about them. But they were probably, um, their t- training was amazingly tough. I mean, they, they probably, I would say, as tough as, if not tougher than it is now. Because, man, the things that we watched them go through, um, you know, it was, it was, I'd like to say, I was really amazed that we were able to, to, uh, to compete with these guys. Well, you know, and that's the thing, right? Because their their legendary status is undisputed. I mean, everybody knows about the Navy SEALs, and the moment you hear those that name, you understand that you know they're probably the toughest guys. I mean, you you, t- you can talk about uh, you know Marine Corps recon, you can talk about special forces, and a lot of things like that. But at least as far as marketing goes, uh, the Navy SEALs, you know, they get the better movies, they get the better, although they, they never had John Wayne play it, so maybe, uh, you know, maybe the, uh, the Green Berets got a, got a leg up on them, Yeah. you know, but yeah. but my gosh, I mean, I am swelling with pride here without ever even having been there or experienced that, you know, as an agent later, way later on, class 313 for me, and I'm, I'm, I'm sitting here just, just, beside myself with pride that uh, you know that our old patrol agents went out there and did this and uh, maybe you might say that the the seals were caught at a disadvantage but they were shooters too and they jumped over fences and walls and things like that but they didn't have to do it on a regular for real every single day of their life yeah like yeah. you like like mm-hmm. like you guys did like we did you know mm-hmm. yeah that's I, I still wonder why and how because <laughs> we're because we're, we're the baddest law enforcement agency on the planet. Yeah, yeah, I guess you could, yeah, I guess you could say that with some degree of accuracy. Yeah. I, I think so. I think so. And um, but man, I, I tell you what, I, I am so tempted to get a hold of the welfare and recs here in San Diego and see about setting something up in a more modern sense. Would you be Would you be interested in working on something like that? Oh yes, yeah. I tell you what, uh, that would be really good. Uh, it's it's you know we sometimes get bad press, as you know, and we got to do everything we can to, to show the border patrol in a positive light. And uh, you know, people got to understand that their border is being protected by the best. You know, dedicated, hard-nosed people that. Uh, uh, you know what they're doing, and uh, yeah, I think, I think an event like that would be great. You could, uh, no matter who wins, it would be great. Yeah, we could bring agents from a, from from any sector. You know, from 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 Tucson, from Texas, bring them all up to uh, San San Diego. Uh, let me ask you, how long did you guys take to prepare for this uh, for for the the event? I can't answer that, but it, it seemed it wasn't that long. I I took about a while to get it all organized but i don't think it was more than probably at the longest a month mm. you know because we had to get people lined up and when they were scheduled and this sort of thing but uh, the guys uh like i said we told i told the guys on the team i said the best way to prepare for this is a number of things one is uh if you're going to go shooting before you shoot do as many push-ups as you can 
do it till you can't do anymore. Till your, your muscles are stretched and the, and the, you know they're, they're stressed and they're shaken. Then shoot. See how you do. The other thing is run as far as you can until you can't run any further and as fast as you can. Then take up the gun and shoot it. Mm-hmm. And so this kind of set their mindset that it isn't going to be ready on the right, ready on the left. You know, it's going to be you're going to be shooting with uh, stressed out, breathing hard. Your pulse rate is going to be up. I said you got to duplicate those things if you're going to train for this. And uh, so it was just the idea that we didn't have to have a long time training. We just had to have the right kind of training. Yeah. So we we adapted to the situation with our training. And the other thing some guys did, and I don't know how many did, but at that time you could get these pellet guns that were um, in the configuration of Model 19 and CO2 tubes and stuff. And uh, some of the guys were buying those and shooting them in the garage. Like I say, they just adapted to what they had to do. Well, that's uh, just amazing that the, that the, they, they, you know in that time uh, again they they probably was perfecting their skills the whole time, but um, to be ready to go like that is was just in a, it's just amazing. Yeah, one other thing we did about the training, I saw the dry fire, dry fire, dry fire. You know, you can't get to the range. Make sure it's safe and everything. Dry fire and. And like I say, do your push-ups, and, and if you don't have live rounds, dry fire. And I think it, I think we were prepared for the, you know, the peculiarities of the competition, you know. So, yeah. So then, anyway, the Border Patrol showed up well prepared. Yeah, yeah, you did. <laughs> like I said, I, I, I love it. I, I love finding out about this. Definitely owe you a patrol inspector coin, and I owe Carl one as well for, uh, for help, helping me, you know, get together with you and be able to do it. Well, yes, we, we, I, I sure appreciate you doing what you're doing about, uh, you know, keeping things alive. Well, thank you, sir. I wanted to ask you. Uh, I know we just got a few moments left, but I want to ask you. You know, you, you did you spend your career in um, in San Diego sector your entire career? No. No, uh, that's kind of, I owned, uh, I left in 70, 79, and I went up to Haber, Montana, mm-hmm. and uh, worked on the northern border for eight years, then I uh, transferred down to uh, uh, Sonoida, Arizona, that's where I retired from, but uh, during my time, I, I, I taught a couple sessions at the academy, and uh, anyway, they, I had the good luck to be kind of involved in a few things, we kind of uh, set up the old agent survival course in 1983 and uh, trained at Marana, did most of the filming and training there at Marana, and uh, uh, got a horse patrol going up on the northern border in the Haver sector. Anyway, it was kind of a varied career, and it was was an adventure. Every place uh, I served, there was something something to do, something, you know. Yeah. And uh, and where did uh, where did you end up retiring as? Yeah, Sonoida, Arizona. Uh huh. And, and uh, you you were you a supervisor or? No, I uh, I guess that was probably my mistake. But I I just could not stand <laughs> leaving the field, so I, I retired as just a PA GS eleven, and uh, so and I, was, I guess I was happy to do it. I just like to, but uh, I think I had. Uh, an advantage being that I didn't uh, have the 
the restrictions of a supervisor. I could go out and do a, a bunch of things like uh, down in the San Rafael Valley at Sonoida, I organized uh, kind of an intel net of ranchers and stuff. Uh, in other words, we we get the ranchers in, we give them a class on tracking and sign cutting, and then we tell them, okay, when you're out checking the fences or checking your water uh, windmills or anything or checking your cows, um, just be aware of, if you see something that we'd be interested in, let us know. And uh, so anyway, there was always uh, there was always something in the field to do, and I didn't really care to be um, hogtied to a desk or anything, you know. So. Oh yeah, yeah. It, it, it was, there was a time when um, a journeyman eleven was the best job in the patrol. Well, I yes, I, I guess I did have the best job in the patrol. So. <laughs> All right, sir. Well, uh, any any advice for um, the new agents coming into the coming into the border patrol that, that you might uh, offer? Uh, yes, I tell you what. Learn what you can learn. There's one thing I have a passion for, and that is, and I hope they're doing it. But really, uh, one of the skill sets of the border patrol is tracking, and a lot of people think that just has a one you know one facet to it but tracking teaches you so much about everything being alert being aware um, you know paying attention to details it's it's, it's the best survival training you're ever going to get is is to learn the principles of tracking to look observe make detections and deductions and uh, that's what i would tell them and and go out and learn and learn everything if you if you haven't learned something at the end of the day then there's something wrong you better at the end of your shift you say what little piece of information little dot of information did I pick up today that's going to make me a little bit better at doing this job and uh, and if you do that I think like I say you're going to have an adventure and uh, the job will mean a heck of a lot or the activity I don't call it a job but the, the mission or whatever you want to call it uh, would become a lot better uh, for you and I really believe this have a passion for what you're doing and uh and learn what you can about the lore and the history of this outfit. Agreed. Agreed. Yeah. <clears throat> I tell you what, if, if I had known a little more history and what I know now about in all my research in the in the past and the history of the patrol, I think I would have tried a little harder to okay. do it to do it justice a little bit more. Yes, yeah. You know, you you try to measure up to the mystique of the border patrol. That's that's what every agent ought to do. Try to measure up to this outfit. And uh, like I say, in my own personal opinion, I tried to measure up and I fell short uh, a lot of times. But in the process of trying to measure up, it was uh, it was a wonderful experience. You gotta know your history. Amen to that, amen to that. Well, sir, it, it's been my honor, my honor, to sit here with you and walk through this incredible legendary event with you and uh, i know that everybody listening to this podcast is going to be thrilled and maybe walk a little bit taller and prouder knowing and uh, knowing that uh, you know we were able to <laughs> that this happened and that we were actually able to take on the navy seals in our own element and uh, and take care of business yes mm -hmm. well i appreciate the opportunity to Talk to you. Likewise, sir, and uh, thank you so much. And if you have any other great stories to tell, uh, whether it's uh, good old war stories, funny stories, adventures, we can do this again. Yeah, I tell you what, 
I'd like to somewhere down the line. I'd like to talk about Bortac Four up in Montana. It, it's quite a story there. Okay. So, the, yeah. How to improvise and adapt and overcome situations and and uh, yeah, but that's another story. Well, anyway. you put that you put that information together, and you let me know when you're ready, and we'll do it. This concludes episode 19, Running and Gunning, the legendary event between the Border Patrol and the Navy SEALs. One thing is for certain, given the opportunity, we are unbeatable in our own element. A tremendous thank you to retired Border Patrol agent Jim Grasky for sharing this story with us. Thank you so much for listening to the Old Patrol HQ podcast. Please take a look at all our official Old Patrol gear offered exclusively at Old Patrol HQ. Old Patrol HQ at BigCartel.com. Also, ratings are the name of the game for these podcasts, so if you wouldn't mind, go to Apple Podcasts and give us a rave review and five stars. Until our next episode, remember, ain't no patrol like the Old Patrol. Honor first. Honor always. Honor always.